Thank you to uh, Jeremy and our, our youth worship band. You guys always rock it. Just wonderfully done. Wonderfully done. Thank you. All right. How are you guys uh, liking this sermon series on Spirit Speaks? You guys digging it? You digging it? All right. Got to pull out all the special stuff, notes and such. Um, all right, we're going to pray today. I'm going to pray uh, f- uh, for uh, this message. Uh, there's a few things I want to pray for. Uh, we obviously have a, a handful of people that are sick. Um, we've got uh, lots of different events coming up. Um, we try to make sure that we pray for our mi- missionary of the month um, for that month. And uh, today we're going to be receiving communion at the end of service. So you chose a great time to join with us. So, Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just submit ourselves and yield ourselves to you once again. God, in your infinite greatness and power and mercy and love towards us. And Lord, we say thank you. Thank you that you haven't given up on us. Thank you. As we just sang a few moments ago, we can run to the Father again and again. Uh, God, for times of mercy and grace and uh, Lord, and for strength and for, for uh, peace and for joy. And Lord, we pray, God, all those that are uh, not with us today because they're sick, uh, fighting uh, different uh, illnesses and things. Lord, we just lift up all those family members, our church family members. Father, we lift up uh, God, our missionaries that, that we're, um, God, highlighting this month. God, we just thank you for the Burtox. God, we thank you for, God, what they're doing in Argentina. Lord, that you would continue to just resource them, finance them, give them everything they need uh, to make that journey down to South America. And uh, Lord, we just pray, God, for your word that it would just speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. This Spirit Speaks series um, is being continued through this. Well, this is the last day of the month, isn't it? Um, so, so if you're taking notes, the title of this is called The Parable of the Talents. Parable of the Talents. So, mind you, we're not talking about my dog talent. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, the funny thing is, is we actually named our dog uh, from the term talent in the Bible because his dad was named Cash. And uh, and we were like, this dog costs a lot of money. And we were trying to think of other names to name him, you know, like like we call him Cash. We call him De Niro. I mean, like you know, all these we come up with all these ideas of trying to I mean, it, it took us months to, to come down to something and then. I don't know how the word talent popped up, and we're like, well, that has to do with money, and that's kind of cute, and, and then boom, and that's his name, talent. So he is pretty talented in some cases, so in some, some context. We just, man, that's amazing. I'll tell you, yeah, it's funny because our dog Rocket had shorter hair and yet shed all over our house, and talent has longer hair and doesn't shed at all. It's kind of cool. So... Anyways, enough of our dog. We're going to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read the parable of the talents. verse 14 through 30. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, it will be on the screens. Starting in verse 14. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. Say bags of gold. Ooh, that sounds nice, doesn't it? 
to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. Continue on here, verse 16. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one who was given two bags of gold gained two more. Verse 18. But the man who had received the one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Verse 19. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. See that exclamation point? He was happy. You've been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 24. Then the man came who had received one bag of gold. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gather where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid the gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Verse 26, his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put the, my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received some interest, right? Verse 28. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ooh, that's tough, isn't it? That's tough. That's a tough parable. It was good at first, right? Handing out bags of gold? Yeah, buddy. But it didn't end so well. I want to just take a look again, because we're going to just kind of break these down kind of verse by verse. In Matthew, in the uh, beginning of Matthew 25, verse 14 and 15, uh, he says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted, see that word entrusted, entrusted his wealth to them, right? He trusted them, right? He trusted him with their stuff. And in the same context, we know that every parable is a parallel of a spiritual context. So obviously we know that the master represents God, right? So in the same context, we need to understand that God also entrusts us with his stuff. One of, the most, one of the most important, I don't want to call it that, but I will call it, assets of the kingdom are people. And he entrusts people to us. And then he goes on and tells about how he did, but this is what's so important. Check this out, friends. It says he gave these bags and each according to his ability. Say according to his ability. He gave it to him according. So, so the uh, incredible thing is that, is that God gave him 
exactly what he knew each person could handle. He gave them exactly what they could handle. And so uh, when you, if you want to kind of understand a little bit about what this actually was, when he was giving out bags of gold, um, and it's, it calls them talents, uh, modern scholars believe uh, that what, uh, when they translate what a talent would have been to nowadays money, is that a talent is worth uh, 6,000 denarii. So um, a denarii is actually a day's wage. So, so the one who was given, so you figure one bag of gold, uh, one talent of gold, was equivalent to about 20 years of wages. So that would be a modern day equivalent of about $1.4 million. So these weren't lightweight servants, okay? Most likely, these were high-level, high-capacity servants in this, obviously, this, this man who had wealth. And so he gave, you know, two talents, five talents, one talent. And so let's, let's, just, let's just say, you know, the one was given 1.4 million, the other was given. So, so high-level servants, high-level capacity, and so... This is the thing. It said he gave to each according to his ability. Friends, God doesn't give to people more than what they are able to do. Right? He, if he entrusts something to you, he knows that he's actually going to give you the ability to be entrusted with that. Now, this is the thing. The master didn't say to the servants, hey, go produce wealth for me and figure out how to do that. No, he actually gave them something to start with and said, here, take this and do something with it. So the cool thing is that God gives us everything we need to do the things he's called us to do, right? God's given us tools. He's given us resources. He's given us everything that we need to do the things we're called to do. So if you are living in the Hester household, within the last week, we've been doing a slight little remodel project in our house. And so, um, so this is, this is um, so I woke up last Saturday and all the kids were sleeping and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to start um, demoing my bathroom. So this is our main bathroom up in our uh, second floor. Uh, we had actually, there was like some water damage that was happening between the toilet and between the tub. And so my kids woke up to 8.30 in the morning. Their dad sledgehammering the, the ground, busting up the ground. That's what they woke up to. <laughs> to and uh, and so, so I started this home rental project. Now, if you look at, if you look at where I started and you look at where I'm currently at, the only way I can get from point A to point B is I have the right tools. I have the right tools, right? Like I would not have been able to bust up all of that flooring without sledgehammers, right? Without any, any kind of tool, like hammers. Um, I've got some pry bars. I would not be able to do that without the tools, right? I would not have been able, I would have not been able to lay flooring, right? If I didn't have mallet and, and pull tools and all these different things, right? Plumbing, like everything that I have gives me the ability to do what I've done. So 
in order for me to have this result, the Lord has given me tools, right? So the incredible thing about this is that, is that the Lord has given us all different types of tools. Now, we might look at somebody else and see what they're doing. We might look at their tool set. We might look at what God has entrusted to them. And sometimes what happens is we may get jealous. We may look at what they're doing. We may say, well, well, well what's that church doing? Or, or what are those people doing? And the thing is, is God hasn't called us to go look at everybody and what everybody else is doing. God's called us to focus in and do what he's called us to do, right? So maybe you don't have the capacity to like, you know, do a, a home rental, but maybe you have the capacity to, you know, uh, maybe you can, maybe you can run a multi-million dollar business. Maybe you can, maybe you can, how many people can, can gather a team together of people to have them harmonize and sing and right? That takes leadership. Right? That's a, that's a tool set that people have. You know, how many people can, you know, speak in front of others? Or, or maybe, maybe you're like an, an incredible organizer. I mean, you can plan. You can put together, you know, one of the best events. You know, those are gifts that God has given you, tools he's given you, so that you could resource the kingdom. Speaking of a tool, does anybody know what this tool is? Nope. <laughs> Pipe cutter. Right. We got a tool man in the back, right? So I, I looked through my toolbox and I wanted to find something that was, you know, it's, it, I mean, if I pull out a hammer, everyone's like, that's a hammer, right? Pull out a wrench, that's a wrench. Everybody knows, right? right? Everybody knows what a screwdriver is. But unless you actually are familiar with tools, you wouldn't have known what this is. And so, and so, does, it, so does it make you any less valuable because you don't know what that is? Absolutely not. Right? This tool is meant for a pipe fitter. Right? I'm not a pipe fitter. I just bought one of these one time when I was cutting pipe one time. Right? But if I but 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 somebody who maybe does a lot of pipe fitting would know exactly what this is. Right? Copper piping. See, now we got somebody else who knows the around the tool belt. Right? So yeah. So does anybody know what this is? <laughs> it's a fidget spinner. What tool is this used for? <laughs> so just, right, right. If you have a hard time paying attention, right, this beautiful little gift, <laughs> this beautiful little tool was designed to kind of help you to be able to pay attention, right? They also have like fidget cubes. Did you say you want to use this? Here, you can use it. Go ahead, babe. She can play with that while I'm preaching. Good catch. I'm so glad that didn't like smack you in the head. Thank you, Jesus. That would have been bad. So God has given us all the tools that we need to do the things he's called us to do, right? Let's move on to verse 16. It says, the man who had received the five bags went at once, say at once, at once and put his money to work and gained five more. I just love that. I love that the diligence of the faithful. Say diligence. He's like, I got I got work to do. I got to go. We got stuff to do. We got to make this money. Verse, we're going to continue on here. Uh, skip down to verse 19. In verse 19, it says, After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. I think that it's so awesome that God gives us time to reproduce something significant. God gives us enough time to be faithful with the things he has given to us. 
Maybe you're, ta- maybe you're talented in the garden. Maybe you've got a green thumb. Maybe you're talented in the kitchen, and you can cook up some stuff. You know, I mean, there's just, I mean, I mean, you're, if you are a gifted cook, we need you in the kingdom of God. <laughs> we need you desperately. Uh, it's been amazing throughout uh, this course of, of uh, this month with uh, Pastor Earl and Renee on sabbatical. They're the, uh, our South Toledo campus pastors, and they also, uh, Renee is our Vision Kitchen director. And so Pastor Albert and I have been spearheading Vision Kitchen and seeing people who are gifted cooks and cooking for, for a large amount of people. Man, that's been a blessing to me. It's been such a blessing. You're not going to see Josh back there cooking the food. Right? You don't want Josh back there cooking the food. Right? I'll make a few hot dogs, throw some beans on there, and we'll call it a day. Right, but there's people, but there's people that were gifted. I mean, I mean, there's like they were making like like stuffed shells with like meat and I mean just just good stuff. Because there's people that had giftings and they were using it for the kingdom of God. Right? God gives us time to 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 reproduce, to use what we have and be significant with those things. I love that. It says that's why it says he was a long time coming. It's like, you know, I'm gonna give them enough time to do what I've called them to do. Let's continue on. You guys still with me? Verse 21. I like this. Okay, few things versus many things. Sometimes we look, and this is what this is, this is the lie. Say lie. lie. It's the lie of our culture. Is that we have to be like what someone else is. So that lie could be. Well, you don't, have enough, you don't have as many followers on your social media platform. Maybe that lie is, well, you, you know, you're not doing enough for Jesus like other people are. Or you don't have as many people in your church as other churches do. See, no, this is the thing. It's a lie. See, the thing is, is God is more invested in our being faithful. Isn't it interesting that he actually gives the exact same response, verse 23, the exact same response and same reward to the two servants who produce fruit. He didn't look at the one with five and say, man, you did so much better than the one with two. He said the exact same thing. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. So that shows me that the value is more in the faithfulness, not in the amount. So when God is, when we stand before the Lord, when we're giving account on our life, it's not going to be, did you measure up to so-and-so? It's not going to be, did you measure up to this person? I expected you to be the next Billy Graham. I expected this. No, it's not going to be any of those things. It's going to be, how faithful were you with what I gave you? I love that. Because he gives each of us according to our ability. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that powerful? That means, you know, our God is not unreasonable in that aspect. Isn't that cool? Verse, we're going to continue on here. So the master, obviously representing God, he didn't care about the amount. He cared more about the faithfulness and the diligence. And so, friends, let's just say, you know, if you win 10 people to Christ in your lifetime, let's say, you know, your life, you know, you live faithfully for Jesus and you had the, the, you know, capacity to be a witness and a salt and a light and... Ten people came to Christ in your lifetime. According to that standard, you are going to measure in the same context as Billy Graham who led millions. 
because he's going to say, well done. He didn't expect you to win millions. He expected you to be faithful with what you were doing. Or Reinhard Bonnke or any of these other people. Verse 24. It says, then the man who had received one bag of gold, Master, he said, I knew that you are hard. Harvest where you have not sown, gather where you have not scattered seed. And he said, I was afraid. To me, it sounds like excuses, right? Have you ever had to confront somebody before in your life? Raise your hand if you've ever had to confront somebody. Some people have never confronted anybody in your life. <laughs> 30 times last night. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, I mean, I mean, people, again, people are gifted differently. Some people are, you know, they're more passive. Uh, some people are more aggressive. Some people are passive aggressive. Some people are aggressive aggressive. Uh, and some people are aggressive passive. I don't know what that is, but I guess it would work too. Um, at some point in our lifetime, we may confront somebody with something. And we may, they may give us an excuse of why they did what they did. Have you ever given an excuse when you ever, were you ever confronted about something? You ever given an excuse? Well, because of this and because of that. And so he says in verse 25, he says, I was afraid. So the, so the, so the question I ask myself is, is fear keeping me from my assignment? Does fear dictate what I do? All of us are going to face and confront the threshold of fear in our life. I think of different times in my life where I had uh, major milestones where there was major fear. And I could have cowered back in that fear or chose to move forward. I remember when, when I got married, there was a level of fear in that because it's something I've never done, right? Because now God is entrusting me with a person to share my life with, am I going to screw them up? Am I going to blow it? And as a, a child of you know, failed marriage and have seen failed marriages, that's scary. I remember when I was going to become a father. That was another scary moment. Right? I remember when the Lord called me into ministry. I'm like, I can't talk in front of people. I can ba ba barely talk. I would throw up before speaking in front of people. I remember when the Lord called us to plant a church. I, had, I actually had some excuses. I said, I'm too young. I'm not qualified. There's somebody else better. Of course there are. There's always somebody better. <laughs> but God was calling me. I remember when the Lord was calling us to plant another campus. There's a lot of fear in that. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to step outside of my norm. I'm going to step outside of what we've done in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, probably about 10 years. We've been doing this thing. We have a, a system. Everything's working. We're going to step out and do something completely different. There's a lot of fear in that. Now, I could shrink back from that and say, you know, I'm not really going to do that because the fear is too much. Or press forward. One of my uh, favorite role models in the scriptures is my namesake, obviously, 
Joshua in the Bible. And the thing that I absolutely love is in the very first chapter of Joshua, God knows that, that even though he might be a man of war, that every person in their life is confronted with fear. And he told him over and over in the first chapter, be courageous, do not be afraid. And so for me, I, I kind of like glue that to myself to say, Lord, no matter what challenge I'm facing, no matter what you've called me to do, because it was probably nice and cushy and comfy under Moses. And I'm going to tell you, it was nice and cushy and comfy under our uh, spiritual leaders and our leadership when my wife and I were kids pastors, right? And so stepping outside of the box, stepping outside of the boat, stepping outside our comfort zone doesn't feel good. We like it cushy and comfy, right? And cozy. Who in here has a really nice chair they like to sit on at home? That, right? How many of us have the most amazing bed that they like to sleep on when you go home? Right? Do you have like the most plush pillows and soft comforter? Right? We like it comfy. We like it cushy. I like it comfy and cushy. Right? But in the kingdom of God, God calls us outside of our comfort zone. Verse 26. Now, this is so scary, friends. This is probably the scariest one of, of all of it's right here. Is when he says, you wicked and lazy servant. Now, wicked has to do with how we are living our life. Are we living a life that's pleasing to God? Are we living a life that's in obedience to God? And then laziness is what are we doing? How are we working? Now, we know that we can't work. You know, our salvation is a gift. You can't earn it. But yet, you're still entrusted to do something with what we've, we've been given, right? And so, to me, two of the scariest things that could be said of my life is Josh is wicked or Josh is lazy. Because, because do, you, do we see what those two verses describing that servant down spiraled to what the end result was? He said, throw him into the outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And does anybody know what that represented? It represented hell. So he looked at the servant, the servant that was unfaithful, and that servant was wicked, he was lazy, and he was cast from the presence of the master. And in the same context, we know that, that God, we're going to stand and give account. And I want him to say, well done, good and faithful, right? That's, that's my heart. Hopefully that's all of our heart in this place, is to hear good and faithful service. And God, again, isn't unreasonable. Verse 27, he would have accepted the very... Bare minimum, he said, if you would at least have put my money in the bank, I would have been, ex just the interest would have been acceptable to me. So if you, at the very bare minimum, if you would just take what God has given you and just in, and, and invest it somewhere, it's going to be pleasing to God. It's going to be pleasing to our Father. And so bare minimum, right? I mean, it's, it's either all or nothing. I, I, want, I don't want to give God my bare minimum because he's done so much for me. But he will even accept the bare minimum. Verse 28. And then he says this. He says, take the bags from him. Ouch. Ouch. Friends, our giftings, our assignment, our job, our spiritual task, our talent our assignment can be given away. 
<laughs> this is tough, ain't it? Man, this is hard. How would you feel if you saw someone else doing the thing you were called to do? How would that make you feel? What if God, what if, what if God asked you to do something within your gifting, within your gift set, and you said no? So he said, okay, then I'm going to use somebody else, and then he uses someone else. And then you see somebody doing what you know God has called you to do. How would that make you feel? And then not on top of that, you have to give an account or not doing it. Ooh. I ain't getting very many amens today. This is tough, ain't it? This is, for me, uh, it's just a reminder, a gentle, a gentle nudge of making sure that I'm walking in obedience. And that's the key word, friends. Obedience. Say obedience. obedience. That is the key word. It says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, it says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Wow. I don't know if you ever believed in once saved, always saved or any of that stuff. But Jesus says in the book of Revelation that even your crown can be taken from you. Hold on to what you have, right? Be faithful to what we have. First Samuel chapter, chapter 13, verse 13. I didn't put this up on the screen, but check this out. There is a verse that blows my mind. If you know anything about the history of King Saul and King David, there's some, it's some of the most re remarkable uh, accounts in the Bible where you see where God called this man Saul uh, out of you know, a small tribe and called him into greatness, called him into being a king. And, and through the process of, of, of his uh, tenature as being a king, you know, he was unfaithful. He did a few things that was actually considered wicked where he uh, was disobedient to, to, to God on, on, on large scales. And so God said, I'm going to raise up a man after my own heart. And it was David who was tending sheep out in the pasture. And this is what he says. This, uh, he said, God tell, uh, told Samuel, or, or God told Saul this one thing. He said that he would have, and, and 1 Samuel uh, chapter 13, verse 13, I didn't put up there, is that he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. Does anybody know where the lineage of Jesus came through? Came through Judah, and it came through, he was called the son of David. So the lineage, that's why he said, the only way that, that the kingdom would have been established over all time is he was talking about the seed of the Messiah could have been established through the lineage of Saul. Oh my gosh. But because he was unfaithful, because he was unwilling, it actually, it wasn't, the son of Saul, you know, the son of Saul. No, they said the son of David, the son of David. Because he was unfaithful. And that's what scares me. And then when I look at that, I don't, I don't look at a King Saul and look down on him and be like, no, I look at myself and say, what Saul is in me? <laughs> what Saul is in, jo well, you know, some of the Saul was fear. It said he was afraid of the people. He was afraid of what they were thinking. He was a, so he, he went ahead and moved ahead and did what he wasn't supposed to do. He was afraid. Right? I mean, so, so you see fear in Saul. You see man-pleasing in Saul. You see all of these things. So I see these in myself. And I'm like, what in me is like Saul? 
I don't look, when I, when I see people make great mistakes in the scriptures, I don't look down at them like, man, they really blew it. I say, man, I could be doing that exact same thing. And that's why the scriptures are given to us so that we can learn and grow and, and hopefully learn from others' mistakes, right? In Ephesians chapter 2, we're almost done here, coming to the close. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Say to do good works. Yeah, we're called to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Which shows me that, you know what? God knew what, what he was going to give us when he created us. He knew your tool set. He knew what abilities, right? The very hairs on our head are numbered. He knew in advance. He knew that he was going to bless Pastor Joy with the amazing gift to speak and the gift of gab. <laughs> right? Like he, like he knew that. He knew exactly how he was going to form, right? right? He knew that he was going to form Jeremy with, with, to be musically inclined, right? Like he knew, prepared in advance. Like, like this is, these, are the, these are the things I'm going to give him. That's pretty awesome. I think it's pretty awesome. That's, that's just me. <laughs> I just like, like, like to think that, you know, you weren't just a mistake. You weren't just by accident. No. He, he prepared in advance. He already knew. He's like, this is my son. This is my daughter. These are all the things that I'm going to give them so that they could be fruitful, so they can be blessed, so they can bless people, so they could advance, the, so that they can uh, tell people about, you know, they can uh, worship and praise God and tell people about me uh, uh, through their, their giftings. That's, I just think that's amazing. It just, again, it just, it, it makes me just fall more in love with God, just knowing that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Now back to the bad stuff again. Here we go. <laughs> the problem is, is friends, too many people in the kingdom are wasting opportunity, time, and talent. Too many of us in the kingdom are wasting opportunity, time, and talent. Some people have been given a lot of gifts. Some people have been given few gifts. And it's not about that. And it's not meant you weren't given a lot of gifts to, to, so, that, so that jealousy could be provoked into your, your, your uh, sisters and brothers. No, uh, he gave you those gifts because he knew he could entrust you with those things. Right? The worthless servant wasted his opportunity, his time, and his talent. And he was called wicked and lazy. And then we'll end with this, friends. I, I believe this. I believe that our faithfulness to our assignment here on this planet will determine our assignment for eternity. I feel like, I feel like this is a, like a prequel. I mean, think of this. I mean, I mean, our life is so small, so short here on this planet. It actually says that our life is a vapor. It's a breath. It's a Compared to eternity. I mean, think of, think of from the beginning of creation all the way to now. Think of the thousands and thousands of years that have expanded. And then eternity, which is never ending. Do you think that we're all just going to be sitting on a cloud uh, strumming a harp? N no. 
When I look, when I look in the kingdom, I see angels have assignments, right? I, I would, I would, uh, and, and you know, it, it doesn't really give a lot of details on heaven, you know, because it says, "No eye has seen, nor, nor man, uh, uh, no no eye has seen, no man has heard, nor mind conceive the good things that God has prepared for us." Like, like we can't even comprehend it. But I can almost imagine that that the faithfulness of the servants here on this planet are going to determine what people do for eternity. And so the faithfulness of what you've done, I mean, I know that there's going to be 12, 12 uh, tribes that are going to be being judged, and there's going to be 12. The 12 uh, apostles are going to be like some sort of big cahoots in heaven where they're, you know, judging the 12 tribes of Israel sitting on thrones. That's a job. They're going to be like Judge Judy, but up in heaven. <laughs> and who knows? I mean, it really, you know, I, I don't want to get into all of that stuff. I just know that, that our faithfulness here is going to determine eternity. And what we do and how, and, and how we're rewarded in eternity. And so, friends, we're going to be taking communion today. And the amazing thing about communion is the scriptures tell us to examine ourselves before we receive communion together. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says a man ought to examine himself. And so we're just going to take a few moments and, and we're going to pray and, and I'm going to pass out communion. And, and just where are you at with God? Where, where are you at? in your assignment, your life assignment here on this planet. Um, are there some areas that you need to step it up in? Are there areas that I need to step it up in? Are there areas that, that, we, that we need to say yes to? Maybe we've been saying no because we've been afraid. And we're going to start saying yes. Maybe there's some things in our life we need to start saying no to. We've been saying, we've been saying yes to for too long, and it's not, now it's time to say no to ourselves. Let's pray. Bless you, God. You are so worthy. You're so faithful. You're so amazing. You're so good. Jesus, you're so kind. Lord, you give us your word. God, you speak in parables. You, 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 there's, there's stories and, and, and life applications over and over and over. God, that we can glean upon, that we can examine ourselves. God, we don't read the scriptures and look at others and say, it's meant for them. We look at it and say, it's meant for us. And Lord, where do I stand with you? And what am I doing with the talents you've entrusted to Josh Hester? And how faithful am I being? And am I going to hear those words, good and faithful servant? Am I living wickedly, God? Am I living uprightly? Jesus. Bless you, God.